This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. My name is Stephanie Mahachek. I am your host, and I'm so glad you are here. I think I say that with every episode, but I am. I'm so honored that you are taking time out of your day, doing whatever you're doing, popping in this podcast, and listening and hopefully learning something beneficial about nutrition. So today, I want to tackle something that I've been looking at and researching and studying for a little while now just because it comes up all the time. And I want to make sure that I'm as up to date as possible when I'm giving advice and giving people um, you know, information on it. And that is, what is the best method of eating? Now, when I say method, I'm specifically talking about either should we intermittent fast? Should we intermittent fast in a specific way? Should I eat five small meals per day? Should I just stick with three square meals a day? What does that look like? What is the best method? And I actually found quite a bit of research on this and I'm gonna break some of that down and then I'm gonna talk about what is the best method for you. So all of the diets, right? Low carb, low fat, high fat, high protein, raw, Paleo, keto, calorie restrictives, a 16-8 intermittent fast, a 5-2 intermittent fast, a warrior diet, which is uh, essentially eating veggies and fruit most of the day and then one big meal at the end of the day, eating five meals a day versus three square meals a day. There are so many methods out there and maybe you've tried some or maybe you've tried all of them. So which one is right for you? Now, like I said, I looked at a bunch of studies. And then I looked at a bunch of meta-analysis, which are studies that study studies, (laughs) and I compared them all. So I want to break down a few. uh, I won't go through every single one, but I wanted to break down a few that I've also included in the show notes if you're interested in reading through them. Uh, But one of the studies by Lowe and colleagues completed in uh, 2020 compared time-restricted eating and its effects on weight loss. Essentially, They had a group of 116 participants, which is a relatively low study, but still eating either in a consistent meal timing group of three structured meals per day. So that's a consistently structured meal time versus another group eating a time restricted method, which meant that they could own, they could eat anything as long as it was between the hours of noon and eight. So an eight, eight hour window. So essentially this is your 16, eight intermittent fast group versus your three square meals group. What that study found was that there was weight loss between both groups, but that the intermittent fasting group or the only eat during an eight hour window group by itself was not any more effective in weight loss than eating throughout the day. All right. So another study done in 2010 by Holmbach and colleagues showed that eating less frequently was associated with a higher risk of abdominal obesity versus eating more often. So those who did intermittent fast had a higher risk for abdominal obesity than if you ate more often. On the flip side though, there's always you know two sides, right? On the flip side, a study, a little bit older study from 2007, 
from Vanderheden and colleagues showed that eating more than three meals a day was associated with higher risk for weight gain. So that was on the that that fell more in line with more often eating, more frequent eating was associated with weight gain. Now, a meta-analysis or a study of studies of multiple studies around meal timing, that was this whole meta-analysis was done by Schwingshackle, I believe I'm saying that right, and colleagues, and that was done in 2020. And this concluded that based on all the data from 22 random control trials, um, totaling about 647 participants. So they essentially looked at 22 studies around meal timing. Uh, and all of those studies combined had about 647 participants. So still kind of on the lower end, but still enough data. But they concluded based on those 22 studies that they looked at, that lower eating frequencies of about two meals a day versus six meals a day resulted in short-term reduced body weight and weight circumference. However, they stated that certainty of evidence was low or very low, meaning that their conclusions were, were very low certainty that they were accurate. Even in their conclusion of the article, they stated, and I quote, our findings indicate that there is little evidence that reduced meal frequency or fasting is a beneficial strategy for anthropometric outcomes, meaning weight loss, waist circumference loss, all that. The findings, however, should be interpreted with caution. So all of that to say, based on all the research that has been done up until this point in time, what is the best way of eating? It depends. <laughs> it depends. And you know what? I couldn't agree more. It absolutely depends. How you eat absolutely needs to be personalized to you. If you are eating a food pattern that your body does not support, it's not going to be helpful to you in the long term. Like that meta-analysis concluded, people saw some weight loss, they saw some waist circumference, but it was in the short term. And what is the point of doing something if the results are in the short term? We are always playing the long game when it comes to our health and our nutrition needs to be thought of in the same way. Finding those, of course, we always have those things like you have a wedding coming up or you have a class reunion or a family reunion and all the things and you want to just quick lose a few pounds and all of that, which is a whole nother topic that I could go into in and of itself. You know how I feel about restrictive dieting and all of that, but I'm gonna try and stay focused today. Um, so that's that's kind of a whole a whole aside. But how you eat absolutely needs to be personalized to you. Now, I'm going to give you two examples. One, I was doing a puzzle with my son yesterday. Stay with me for a second. I promise this, this will be tied in. It's not one of my tangents. So I was doing a puzzle with my son yesterday. He's four at the time of this recording. And he would take a piece and put it together and take another piece and put it together. And it was going smoothly. Then he'd take a piece and almost try to will it into fitting where he wanted it to go, even though it wasn't the right fit. He kept trying and trying and he was getting increasingly frustrated. And I'm watching this and of course I see things from a nutritional lens and I was like, wow, that's exactly how a lot of my clients must feel. They're trying to fit the nutrition piece of the health puzzle in with all the other pieces like sleep and exercise and stress management, etc., but they are putting it in where they want it to go, not where it fits. Similar to trying a diet that worked for your friend, 
that just isn't supportive to your body. Now, example number two, take a look at nature. Let's take a hummingbird, for example. Those little cuties have super high metabolisms and they're zipping around and super quick and kind of spazzy and high energy. They eat every 10 to 15 minutes. I looked that up. They eat every 10 to 15 minutes. That's what works for them. And that's what their body needs. Now take a look at like a snake, for example. They eat one time every week or two. That's what their body needs. Now, what do you think would happen if a hummingbird decided to try a snake's method of eating and only eat one time every week or so? It would likely die. And what would happen if the snake ate every 15 to 20 minutes like the hummingbird does? It would likely not function very good. But that's essentially what is happening in the dieting world. We are willing our bodies to eat in a way that's not right for it merely because we are trying to get a different result. You can't eat for the way you want your body to be. Like a snake couldn't be like, man, I wish my metabolism was higher. I'm going to eat like a hummingbird. You must eat for the way your body is best supported if you want to see those lasting results. It does not mean you can't raise your metabolism. It does not mean you can't lose weight. It just means you have to Find the ways that your body is supported now so that it can function and do the things that you essentially want it to do, like shed weight or reduce inflammation and all of those things, but you have to support it in its situation now. So if all of that wasn't confusing enough, that's just talking about the timing of your food. The bigger issue is always the quality of your food. If you feel best eating on a 16-8 fasting schedule, which by the way means you're fasting for 16 hours, most of which you're sleeping, and you're only allowing yourself to eat during an eight-hour window. If you feel best eating on this way, great. But what are you eating in those eight hours to ensure you are getting all of the recommended amounts of all the nutrients you need in a day? I have definitely seen people do intermittent fasting in this way, but when they are eating, it's processed food, it's fast food, it's high sugary things, and it's essentially, in my opinion, worse than eating more frequently just because they're putting themselves at greater risk for deficiencies, but they're also inflaming their body with their food choices, and they're limiting their opportunity to get nutrients in. I also want to point out that I'm not opposed to intermittent fasting. At first I was, but I've seen some studies, some clinical research studies coming out that that support it in specific situations. And when done right in a clinical setting or with the support of a provider or doctor or nutritionist or dietitian or whoever, it has been shown to improve conditions such as diabetes and inflammatory conditions like arthritis. Does not mean it's right for you just because you have diabetes. But the key message is when it's done right. That means when done in a way that supports your body and doesn't give you nutritional deficiencies. I'm not a fan of doing it solely for the point of weight loss. That is not a long-term weight loss strategy. It, honestly, I'd consider it more of a disordered eating pattern at that point for the people who are solely doing it for weight loss. But if you are doing it in a way that provides you with quality foods during the times that you are eating and your body feels great while you're doing it, then that could be something to consider. 
So what do you do? How do you eat? You may be thinking, what's my best way of eating? And my answer is, just like that study concluded, it depends. <laughs> this is where working with someone to help you walk through all of your personal and unique attributes is incredibly helpful. What are your symptoms? What kind of history do you have with food and eating patterns? What is the quality of your food? Have you been diagnosed with certain conditions that you may feel better and manage it better if you ate in a certain way? What's the best strategy for you? Now, I work with people all the time to figure this out. I have actually discussed intermittent fasting with certain clients because that's what they feel better doing, but I am there to ensure that they are supported nutrient-wise when they do eat in that smaller window. For others who had been intermittent fasting, we have worked out of that method of eating. We've worked their way out of it because it was actually contributing to some of their symptoms and they felt so much better not doing it. So nutrition has to be unique to the person. And when it is, it also has to be high quality supportive foods. So if you think having someone help you through this and figuring it all out for you and helping you find some blind spots that maybe you're not aware of, if you think that would be helpful, let's set up a free consultation and discuss your goals and see if working together is a good fit. This consult is set up to be an opportunity to see if my kind of methodology around nutrition would work for you and to see if you as a client are actually ready to work with a coach. Sometimes people just aren't ready and that's okay. That's what this, this session is for. I'd rather you figure that out during a free session that you're just not quite ready yet versus halfway through a program. So if you aren't quite ready to have a chat, that's totally fine. I put together a free three-day meal plan that's full of recipes along the lines of kind of my cleanish eating method. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard about that, it's cleanish eating means that most of the time we're focusing on higher quality whole food ingredients, but there's definitely room for desserts and, and kind of some not as optimal foods. It's cleanish. It's kind of, it's not full-blown clean eating, restrictive, only eat certain things. It's cleanish. You can have, you can grab, you know, have a few things here and there. So you can grab that free download in the show notes. I'll link it there. And it's just a, a recipe booklet of a few things that kind of walks you through a, a sample three-day meal plan of cleanish eating recipes. So your takeaway, just to kind of recap everything that we talked about during this kind of quicker episode, the jury is still out on the best method of eating for everybody because everybody is different. I don't think there will ever be a study that comes out and says, yes, this one way of eating is optimal for everybody because we are too unique. We have too many genetic differences. We have too many environmental differences, even lifestyle differences. All of the things add into different methods of eating are going to be more beneficial for different situations and different people. And figuring that out on your own, you definitely can do it. If you have been yo-yo dieting, if you've tried every single thing, if you've tried this and that and this and that and all the things and nothing has worked for you, that means you are not listening to your specific way of eating that's going to be right for your body. So let's change that. Let's figure out based on your symptoms, based on your goals, based on your health, based on all of that, let's figure out the best way that you want to be eating so that you reach your goals. You don't have to be yo-yo dieting anymore. You essentially kick diets to the curb and you just figure out a more balanced plan for you. So your homework essentially for the week is just sit back and assess. 
just kind of do a self-assessment real quick. You know, I'm so big on self-assessments and like self-imagery scans. I love that because we don't do that enough. We don't listen to our bodies enough. We don't pay attention enough because we have 500 other things going on that we don't just simply sit and listen to our bodies and what they're saying. So do a little quick scan. Scan, imagine you're scanning from like the top of your head all the way down to your toes. What are you noticing? Are you jittery? Are you tense? Are you anxious? Are you sad? Are you bloated? Are, do you have a headache? Do you have fatigue? Do you have muscle pain? Do you have cramping? What do you notice? And how do you think your nutrition is contributing to that? Whether it's you're not getting the right foods or enough of the right foods, or whether you're getting too much of certain things that aren't supportive, what do you think your symptoms mean and how can you tie it to your nutrition? So again, I'll have all of those research studies that I mentioned in the show notes. I also have the link to set up the free consultation should you want to do that and have a quick chat and see if working together is a good fit. And then I also have the link for that free three-day cleanish eating meal plan um, that's set up that you don't have to follow it to a T. It's more just like a grouping of recipes that you can look at and start uh, swapping into your routine that you know that they're going to be balanced and that they're going to be full of good, wholesome ingredients with whole food ingredients that are going to provide a ton of nutrients for you. And I want to do a quick shout out to a friend of mine named Rima. She is a wonderful, wonderful people, one of my favorite people to talk with. And she signed up with some some encouragement for an 8K walk that's happening in February. And I am so excited to see her journey going through this and, and training for it. It's going to be amazing. But I wanted to give you a shout out, Rima, because I know that you were very apprehensive, but it's going to be awesome. And we're going to get through it. And you're going to feel so good at the finish line. So everyone, give Rima some positive vibes her way as she goes through the training for this. And um, I I will keep you updated on how it goes. But that is all for this week. And I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of the week. If you do have any questions, please reach out to me on social media or uh, send me a DM or send me an email. And I'm happy to chat or answer quick questions for you. All right. Have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.